Hello and welcome to the Wizards of Drivel podcast. Was it a fair challenge or just needless aggression? It's episode number 297. Ah, I think that works. Let's go for it. We're, we've all given up. We're on the beach. We're just barely phoning it in. And Stoke are doing pretty much the same. Uh, welcome back. It's been a while. If you remember the last episode, things were good. Now, things are not as good. Uh, welcome to Matt Swift. Matt, how are you feeling? Yeah, yeah, good. Just, yeah, it's just everything's winding down, isn't it? Ahead of the uh, ahead of the summer of of dramatic tension and multiple transfers, apparently, if we're to believe what has been said today. But yeah, I'm, I'm okay, thank you, Dave. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's weird to look uh, to be going into a summer needing a big kind of overhaul <laughs> and influx of players into the squad and needing to sign players to suit the manager's style and all the rest of it. That makes a change for us because I don't think that's happened for well at least a year now. So um, yeah, it's jolly exciting. So since uh, we last recorded a podcast, um, after did we uh, did we record after we battered Coventry? I think we did, and. Uh, then we've played Bristol City at home, we lost. Birmingham City away, nil-nil. West Brom at home, we lost 2-1. Um, how can we go from so good to so really quite bad in such a short space of time, Matt? What's your take? I My overall take watching much of the, well, the Easter games, basically, was that the squad is like incredibly thin and that they're all knackered and that they had a great sort of spell for like, you know, like five, six games where there was a nice balance of fresh ideas into the squad. They were all kind of, you know, raring to go and fit. And then they've ran into this sort of five games in 20 days thing and they're just knackered. That's, that's my overall takeaway. And that when he does try to change it, he doesn't, have the options really from the bench at all like we don't really have any players coming off the bench to change the game at all and that's sort of been reflected in the last two home games where we've sort of taken the lead and then just sort of faded away and, and lost it um, that's my take I'm not too worried or encouraged by anything because we, we've basically got this massive transitional summer coming up so I don't know what to read into it it's just it's just very stoked to turn the best run we've had probably since we've been relegated to all of a sudden one winning in six. It's like yeah. the, most, yeah. the, the, the table is absolutely <laughs> disgusting. It's like, how the hell are we 16? Um, especially when I look and see from sixth to ninth, you've got Blackburn, Coventry, Preston, Sunderland, all of whom we have beaten uh, and beaten convincingly at some point in the season. Three of those in the last uh, couple of months or so. Um and it's and it's so annoying because, yeah, playoffs were always a pipe dream and a step too far. But it was a sense of oh, maybe this could be the season we you know cement ourselves in the top half and um, really kick yeah you know, use that as a springboard for next season. And you know what, the difference between finishing seventh and you know seventeenth is pretty. It's it all comes out in the wash as pretty much the same thing. You haven't made the playoffs. Um, but that being said, um, you want that kind of momentum to to bring into the uh, forthcoming season, and it's just it's just a real shame. Especially like you said, we've we've taken the lead in two home games. Um, I uh, I just I just 
found myself thinking after we took the lead against Bristol City, oh, we'll win this, which is a very rare thing for me to think when Stoke took the lead. <laughs> oh, but, you know, and then, damn, uh, yeah, just Stoke go on a very sort of uh, late era, Michael O'Neill set of results, uh, a, you know, late stage Gary Rowett set of results, a hmm. entirety hmm. of Nathan Jones set of results. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, it is a shame. And yeah, um, unlike perhaps previously, I am going to be cutting uh, Neil some slack for, like you said, yeah, the squad situation is a bit of a joke when you consider, you know, we're bringing Selena off the bench. I think he's been pretty much our only attacking option on the bench in some of these games. Um, and it, you know, it's hard to judge on minutes here yeah. and there, but it doesn't seem to be all that uh, great. We're bringing Timon on as an attacking sub, and whilst he's a you know decent wing back, he's bringing him on for the likes of Tyrese Campbell isn't really fair, you know. And and we are starting to see now forty two games in, and we said um, before we started recording, oh shit, we've got a game tomorrow as well. Some of these lads will be absolutely, <laughs> absolutely knackered. I mean, yeah. I'm knackered, and I'm not even watching half of them. <laughs> Um, yeah, but I yeah, players like is, Phil Jack Yelka. Yeah, oh god, <laughs> must be so tired. He must be so tired. Bless him. It's 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 ageism, is what it is. He shouldn't be forced to play these <laughs> stupid games. Um, yeah, so we've got four games left. We've got uh, Wigan at home tomorrow. So perhaps by the time you listen to this, uh, we'll have uh, one drawn or lost, as is the case. Uh, Cardiff uh, away, QPR at home, and then, oh, a fun trip to Watford away, which will be a happy occasion filled with, you know, two sets of fans who love football. Um, yeah. Uh, so we'll talk about West Brom, which was on Saturday. I was not there. You were there. I was. I've, I have heard talk of the ref being an absolute shitbag. Oh no, sorry, Thunder Cunt, I believe is the yeah, phrase. That... <laughs> is that I don't think is that true? Is that actually true? As in the Ben Pearson comment. Yeah. I I don't think so. It's a very he probably said something, but I, I don't I don't picture him saying that, I have to say. It, but... Yeah. It sounds well, first of all, it's how it's like who the hell has heard him say that? And like I'm not gonna, I'm not saying that whoever's you know tweeted that he said that is a liar and thing because I don't I don't know them but like it's it's a very strange thing for them to have heard so clearly and also it's such a um, guardian columnist swear word to use <laughs> yeah. um, Ben yeah. Pearson is I, I not think the, actual, the actual term used was wank puffin. Or cockwomble. Uh, <laughs> that was the actual term. But yeah, I, I don't think that's true. But I can confirm that the referee, Andy Woolmer, was horrific. And um, I know it's like a thing we moan about in general football fans. It's like, oh, the referee was crap. Uh, you know, honestly, he, he ran it like he didn't understand football or how to just control people who are getting vaguely angry. I mean... Like obviously, uh, obviously the... like Jonathan Gullis running a classroom? Yes, basically. Yeah, it's is, is, yeah, a good sort of analogue of, yeah, of what it was like. So, obviously, the big the big major flashpoint, which has got everyone sort of, you know, riled, which I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about, is the is the injury and foul on, on Ben Wilmot. Uh, and, and just to give you sort of set the scene, 
they'd already been within the first 10, 15 minutes, quite a few of those challenges where a player goes up and they sort of do the Harry Kane thing that they either lean away but stick their arm up so they fall badly or make a back for them so they fall pretty heavily. And that had happened like three or four times up to that point. And he'd sort of just like wave them away. And then the one happens on Wilmot. And <laughs> Wilmot's like clearly in some distress on the floor, right? And mm. Andy Woolmer just seems to like not want to border the stretcher on to the point where like Tyrese Campbell and the two physios are sort of staring at him like, what are you doing? Like, we need we need the stretcher and he can't move. And he's just sort of stood there like, well, I think he can get up. Um, and it, it just sort of spiraled from there, really. I mean, yeah, just horrific, horrific. Like there was a tackle on Brown on the left-hand side, which was pretty heavy and pretty late. It was a yellow card and he just sort of like, waved it away and like he gave like he's just like not listening to anything and then obviously Pearson at the end sort of loses I don't know what really happened there to be honest yeah yeah and he gets him he gets sent off but it was the kind of thing where like I don't want to accuse a referee of having a bias but he was sort of walk it felt like he was walking around all day saying give me a reason to send you off and he got he got what he wanted basically is what it felt like um, and then obviously we we've got the Wilmot news, which sort of makes us even more angry because it just the the biggest indictment of a referee, I think, is not if he's a crap ref when it comes to like a foul necessarily. It's if he's protecting the players, and he wasn't really protecting players on either side in that game at all. Yeah, yeah, that's the issue, right? So um, uh, obviously you'll probably be aware, but Alex Neil has confirmed that Ben Wilmot has uh, sustained a fracture in his back and will miss the rest of the season. Wilmot himself has uh, tweeted uh, not all that long ago. Um, he looks cracking. Uh, he looks he looks better in a hospital bed than he does on like his official club. <laughs> he's, had, he's had a glow up. In he, the is, he, he is probably on like some very strong painkillers, which might oh, okay. be adding to why that he's so be, glowy. <laughs> that might be it. Um, yeah, but... Yeah, that that is exactly the point that uh, a lot of people have been making on on social media. It's you know, freak injuries and uh, bad fouls can happen in the course of a football match. Of course they can, but uh, as you and a lot of other people were saying, you know, this had this had been coming. There had already been those challenges that weren't being uh, clamped on, and and it is a, a kind of broader footballing issue that is sort of it's maybe talked about in the sense of people talk about how little it's talked about, uh, these kind of, uh, air, you know, sort of backing into the aerial challenges that yeah, uh, Harry Kane is uh, known for doing. Uh, but yeah, um, it was it was very galling to hear that, you know, not only have we lost, pro- you know, one of our best players of this season, but We've lost him and it could have been avoided and it's basically been avoided because the guy in charge is not up to the task of, you know, ensuring that the game is played in a safe way. I mean, Sunday League, five-a-side, junior team refs, that is their main job to make sure the game is played in a safe way. And yeah, it's, it's... I mean, we've talked about refs in the championship and how much of a dip in quality there is from the Premier League. It's, it's really, this is the worst bit about the championship. I think 
is yeah, the it's... infrastructure around it. Never, never mind the whole oh anyone can be anyone bloody blah business. The infrastructure around the league is so tin pot compared to the quality of player. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree with that completely. Yeah, it's. I think I, I think Neil, who as we know, understands the entirety of football. Mm. He said in his post-match press conference, it was the worst refereeing performance he's seen at a senior level, which (laughs) I think that's a perfectly fair cop. Yeah, I think that's a perfectly fair comment. And if they want to throw a ban at him, fine, because it needed to be said. It was, it was awful. Like, yeah, and it was, it was sort of compounding on itself as well, because Thomas Asante, who was the guy who pulled um, Wilmot back for the foul, I, people may disagree with me on this and I'm not trying, I'm not saying this just to be a, a wizard's contrarian, um, mm-hmm. but like I don't attach too much blame to him in the sense that that could have been any player making that foul. I don't think oh, yeah. he went out to hurt Wilmot. I don't think he went out to do that. But what happened was because it was allowed to happen and because there was no real punishment for it, he became a target then. And we started going after him. Pearson like cleared him out on the halfway line. And oh, yeah. all of a sudden you've put that you put that player in danger because you've not dealt adequately with the initial problem. So mm. that's that's how it was sort of compounding itself and getting worse. And and yeah, it was just a very, very poor refereeing performance and just really topped off a pretty pretty shit yeah. afternoon. I mean, whenever you lose to West Brom, it's a shit afternoon, but like losing on top, getting a red card, losing arguably your player of the season for a long time, and with a with an injury which, you know we've had experience of in centre-backs that doesn't necessarily heal well um, is particularly, yeah, as you say, galling, to be honest. Yeah. Um, obviously, uh, Shawcross Ramsey got brought up by West Brom fans in relation to something I'll just talk about in a sec. But it does seem that there is a uh, aggression fostering for next season, which perhaps won't be a bad thing as long as it's you know channeled correctly. Neil mm. seems pretty riled. Um, our, our players were, were riled in the course of, of that game and I think West Brom could be a bit of a feisty one next season. Obviously, Sunderland, our fingers crossed they don't fucking go up, uh, Sunderland will be a feisty one next season as well. Um, and I don't know whether but whether this is like end of season, we're, we've lost our good run of good form, aggression that's coming through, or if this is the way Neil wants his team to be. I think on the whole it is. I think he likes a high tempo. And we, I don't think we're a dirty team, but we're certainly not. We're no shrinking violets. And so um, it could be interesting to see whether like Neil wants us to take a step back from you know being this kind of... I think we're quite emotion-led some of the time. Mm. I, th- I think, I think like, like you say, in the instance of Wilmot and players sticking one back, I think we can be quite... Um, a kind of reactive side in that sense. Like that's partly why I think we had such a good run of you know when we go to nil up against Sunderland, we we absolutely decide to smash him. You know, um, <laughs> so it's it's a funny one with us. Um, uh, I I may be reading too much into the the reaction of the Stoke uh, players there, but where there is definite aggression is. Uh, online, and this came after West Brom. Uh, mm. A couple of couple of strange tweets. So we we met, I mentioned Shawcross Ramsey there in, in terms of um, 
you know, uh, bad injuries can happen. How much blame do you attach to a player who doesn't mean mm. to cause that challenge? Um, West Brom tweets, oh, uh, a Sante appreciation post, which uh, was bizarre. Yeah. Malumbi scored twice. Malumbi was the guy to do the tweet about. Yeah. Um, and then they follow it up with a post about, here's what happened, like, Here's what happened up until <laughs> the, the lead Pearson up to Ben Pearson's red card. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, very weird, um, very weird. I mean, I mean, the Ben the Ben Pearson one is just weird. I've never seen a, a club do that before. I don't understand why. Why would you? Why would you post another club's red card? In a, I don't. It doesn't make any sense. I've, yes. I've never seen that done before. The the Thomas Asante one. I I feel like that's a deliberate shit I, feel, I think. Yeah, yeah, he, he has. I guess the admin has plausible deniability. You can just say, well, you know, it's it's just a tweet about a player, but it was very specific. You know, it's pretty specifically timed that when everyone is talking about him, and we've got a player lying in hospital, that you tweet, <laughs> you tweet about that. And and I, 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 he was expecting clearly some kind of kickback. He got the kickback. Mm. Um, they did. Um, they did. And this this is why I find it even more. They did tweet Malumbi later in the day as well. So, you know, I don't I don't want to come across as like some kind of I'm, you know, crawling through West Bromwich Albion's media. Uh, as as you said, as you put it earlier, Dave, I'm not owned. I'm not owned. Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but also it, it did seem to me just before we got any kind of update about Wilmot's condition, it did seem to me in pretty poor taste. Yeah. I, have to say, uh, but. I, 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 th- I thought so too, but I also think the social media admin stuff has become pretty pathetic across the board. I am no longer entertained by official club accounts. If I was ever, ever that entertained really by official club accounts, acting like 16 year old, you know, Danny, who's, you know, sunk some strongbow when he's wearing Stone Island. I don't need a club mm. to be engaging in shithousery for engagement on Twitter. I know they all have social media people now who, um, to justify their jobs, have to get clicks and engagements and all the rest of it. And why not uh, get that by, you know, uh, aggravating another team's fan base. But you're like, you're like a business. You're a representative of a business and you're like trying to cause controversy. It, it, who that social media admin mm. has portrayed his club as a pretty like classless club, basically going, Yeah, up yours while we've got a player in hospital. Yeah, that's a pr- yeah. pretty shitty thing to do. And you know, that I know a lot of brands have really crap social media, but they they, they try not to portray themselves as, <laughs> as like, Ah, up yours, <laughs> wangers. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I, I just I, think, I just think it, it should all stop, all of it. Just I, no, I no more, no the, more. The... Go on. <laughs> I was just going to say, I think this is the key point of departure from the Shawcross Ramsey thing, in as much as we all know there's a very convoluted story which we don't, I don't need to go over. But mm. most of the issues regarding Ramsey's injuries are fans yes. causing aggro with other fans. Yes. It's not the club account tweeting a picture of Shawcross after the Ramsey incident and, you know, saying this is a Shawcross appreciation tweet with like Ramsey in the background or whatever. He was called it, up it, for it, England the next, a the next day. And no, 
yeah and yeah so like you know it's just like yeah like you say there wasn't really any need to do it and they then responded later on with a you know get well soon ben on on the tweet that stoke put out and i just hashtag yeah, classy just, touch. It, like you say it has yeah yeah a, a, a applause emoji yeah, uh, yeah. I just think all all of it, not, <laughs> it's just... especially the shit house stuff, but also like the uh, W admin and um, anytime they try and do a meme, <laughs> um, just in the fucking TikToks, uh, you know, it's just I, I, I'm I am approaching thirty, and <laughs> I, I can I can feel it. I can feel it in my bones. Um, so I I don't I don't even want the the classy I don't even want you know the shit house stuff to go away I want that and the classy touch stuff to go away stop stop trying to make me like you give me the fucking scores and the teams and that's it that's all I want if a manager gets sacked you can post a picture of the corner flag that's it um yeah so yeah. enough enough yeah. about that but speaking of good social media accounts the Wizards of Drivel Twitter account uh, has asked for your spicy Stoke <laughs> takes uh Right, I'm going to give you the uh, honour, Matt, of deciding the spiciness level of okay. each of these takes. Right. Got, uh, <laughs> with five chilies being the most spicy and zero chilies being not spicy at all. <laughs> so, uh, on that last topic, then Jug Bank Stokey okay. says we'd have we'd have reacted exactly like West Brom did if Saturday had been the other way around. I don't necessarily think that's a spicy take. I think that's quite a uh, an accurate one. <laughs> one chili? Are we saying one chili? <laughs> one, 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 one chili, but the chili is like very much correct. Yeah, I think I think off as a fan base, we'd have probably reacted in a similar way. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I'd like to I, think I, the the chaps running the social media wouldn't have uh, been so thoughtless, but. Uh, yeah, yeah, I I agree. So, like I said, but in terms of what West Brom fans are having a go about, saying, "Oh, it wasn't really that bad a challenge," and you know, get over it, Stoke. You know, I think I agree. I probably wouldn't would have been the same. Um, uh, but you know, where <laughs> since when has being hypocrites ever stopped us? Um, right. So that's one <laughs> one, one spice. Um, Balty Pie yeah. Smuggler says. A lot of fans aren't grasping our financial situation if they think we'll spend much this summer. Ooh. Now, now I, I'd, I'd rate that a nice, a nice three, sort of middle, Ooh. you know, sort of middle okay. of the road. Okay. Because I think I, I've tweeted about this as well, and as much as I think, I think people will be surprised at how much we actually have to spend and what financial freedom means. Mm. Um. <sighs> I think, but I think more fans are grasping it. I think, I think a lot of people. I think you just get a section of any fan base that thinks we're just going to spend a shit ton of money, regardless. But I do think it's it's going against the sort of narrative the club's putting out right about this is the summer we've got you know leverage in the market. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd score that about a three. I'd say yeah. So Balty, that's a Balty. Previous one was Corma. Yeah. Um, yes. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, and you know, financial fair play is fucking shit. We've got the money; the money is ours. What is the point of all those horses fucking dying if we can't <laughs> buy a striker for twenty million quid? If anything, if anything, the the 
blood of those horses is on the hands of the financial fair play people. And Sam Vokes. And Sam Vokes. <laughs> Sp- he's he's more donkey than horse, though, let's be honest. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> there we go. Um, Return of the Jace. Uh, lovely to have him back. Says, Pearson is the easiest of the midfield three to replace. Ooh, Ooh. I'm on fire Ooh. here. I'm on fire. Yeah, that's 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 definitely a four. That's on that's four a... because I think I think the fan Vindaloo. base is already pretty attached to Ben Pearson, and I think, yeah, I I mean I, I I keep yeah I think that's quite a spicy take because that would go against a lot of what people would say. I think so. Yeah, I'd give Jace a four on that. He's a he's the new problematic fave of the uh, of the Stoke fans for sure, um, and 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 I like him too. Um, I do not know if I agree with Jace though. Uh, like, I I know what he means in terms of like positionally. There are other players who do that kind of defensive midfield uh, enforcer kind of job in this league, and a lot of uh, managers. Uh, sign them and, and build teams around them. Uh, I would not uh, say though that he's the easiest to replace because I think we've got there the 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 archetypal figure of that position. I think we've got. Why would we need to buy a Ben Pearson type when we could have Ben Pearson? You know, mm. Um, mm. Um, I think I think Josh. Uh, Josh Laurent, well, he's ours anyway, so we don't need to worry about replacing him. I, I think he's ace. He's not had the the best run of games. I think Smallbone is the easiest to replace personally. I think he's been fine, but I think he's a bit knackered and sort of. We need a bit more nows hmm. in Smallbone's position, as good as Smallbone has been. I, I think I think as well with Smallbone, the big issue is his finishing, which has been. Atrocious. Oh, yeah. He, 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 he can't. He, the gold lag can't finish. It's like, bless him. He's really yeah, it's... bad at it. But yeah, but with Pearson, I agree. When you think of championship shitouts, he's pretty much the first person that yeah. springs into your mind, right? So yeah, I can I I, I can see where Jace is coming from, but I kind of also agree in as much as I think he's probably as good as you're going to get in that position at this level. Yeah. So spicy take, Jace. Um, if, if if you agree with Jace, get in touch. Um, uh, Potolytics, the swine. Uh, oh, look at me! I'm on all the podcasts. Right? No, no, it's fine. He's ours. He's our. He's he's our problematic fave. Um, Potolytics says we don't need a new starting striker. Depth would be nice, but the money is better spent elsewhere. Jacob Brown is too lovely and good not to start. Wow. Okay. What we're we saying? Uh, uh, again, a four. Uh, again, a four because because at the, if we stay in the formation we're playing at the moment, the starting striker is Dwight Gale. Yeah. Now, now I. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> I am, uh, you know, not not the biggest Dwight Gale stan in the world. Um, mm. I don't know. Well, I, I say I don't know many people who are. I've actually been surprised at how many people online do seemingly like a player who has scored in two games this season. Um, I would disagree with George if that's the formation we're going to play that we don't need a fresh starting striker but if there is a change in formation and it comes down to one of Brown or Campbell in that position maybe I would agree and we do need more depth but we do whatever the 
situation I do think we need more depth so yeah I think it's a spicy taking as much as if we were to start next season with no new strikers we'd still probably be starting Dwight Gale up front yeah uh, uh yeah I'm, I'm kind of the same I uh I'm not the biggest fan of Gale and then the other options there are do you take Brown off the right to play him as the starting striker I'm not sure I would do that because Brownie bless him um, he struggles sometimes to kind of keep his composure. Um, and Nick Powell is, of course, you know, made of biscuits, which uh, yeah. is not great, and also probably leaving. Um, so yeah, uh, uh, thank you very much for your spicy takes. I'm gonna no have problem. a uh, I'm gonna no have problem. a glass of milk with Florence Pugh. Um, <laughs> uh, so. What do you hope for from these final four games? If we're look, looking ahead, we've got four games. They're all pretty much against uh, mid-table or relegation-threatened sides, um, which could actually turn out to be absolutely horrific news for us as QPR and Cardiff try and scrap for their lives. And yeah. who knows, maybe we go down on 52 points. Um, <laughs> yeah, Imagine the fucking egg on our face if we went down. Ima- imagine the... We go down and suddenly go up. I would just literally be dead. Um, no, what what do so we what, hope for? Um, so fundamentally, I hope that none of our really good players who are still outstanding get injured. And if that means that they go at 50% for the rest of the season, fine. I just want to get through a season without losing a fucking good player to mm. some shit injury for a long time. Um, so yeah, no injuries to good players would be my first and foremost <laughs> request slash wish. Second, I would like to see us close out the year with two two strong home performances, mainly because against QPR we've got Bojan coming and we can't oh. embarrass ourselves when he comes. So yes, we that's, can't that's we a, can't do that to him. That's that's an absolutely lovely thing, isn't it? Um, uh, not convenient for me. I mean, I, I'm barely going to home games with a season ticket, so I'm not going to make it down to see Bojan on a Friday night. But uh, yeah, it's great that he's uh, coming back and lovely for the club to uh, put that little event together. So that's uh, all all yes. happy and rosy. Um, yeah. And, uh, and I, yeah. Go on. go on, sorry. Go on, Dave. Yeah, I was, uh, from my point of view, yeah, just uh, be nice to see likes of uh, Connor Taylor, Tezgul, if he's fit, um, maybe one or two others get some game time as well. Uh, what happened to DiMaggio Wright-Phillips? I guess we'll never know. He's on loan, but he's only played... I don't know if this is correct, because this is something I, I think I saw like a, a while ago. I think he's only played something like 150 minutes on this loan. And that's not good. Because I, I really like DiMaggio Wright-Phillips. I, I thought he was really good sort of in a sort of second striker role rather than out on the wing. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, clearly he's not he's not done it on loan. Whether he comes back and can carve out a a little a little space for himself, I don't know, off the bench. Because I, I think he would have been great off the bench if we still had him here. I think he'd, I think he'd have been a great player to bring off the bench in in certain games. Um, but not, not to be, so we'll, we'll see what happens there, I guess. Um, but yeah, it'd be nice to see Connor Taylor, who... He's had a bit of a weird season, and as much as he started it yeah. as a starting centre back, and then has just sort of disappeared, um, and probably 
probably, in my opinion, should be playing over Phil Jagielka. Again, love Phil Jagielka, love fantastic career, but you are just getting rinsed now in a two, like every time. Yeah. So just stop, please. <laughs> Poor Phil. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It comes for us all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't I know it. Uh, right. Uh, I think that's going to be it from the Wizards of Drivel today. Any other business we need to discuss? Um, no, I don't think so. Just uh, probably uh, just best best wishes to a uh, friend of the pod and member of the pod, Tony. Uh, he knows why. Uh, yeah, yeah, just best wishes. 100%, um, yeah. And oh. yeah, just I don't think we need to feed the hippos. They're feeding on the they're feeding on Andy Woolmer as we speak. Yeah, um, yeah, the, the hippos have been pre-fed. Yeah, <laughs> so they'll have a good meal, Andy Woolmer, I think. Um, yeah. yeah, nothing it else was, from me. It was kind of Woolmer's own own fault, wasn't it? You know, allowing the hippos to enter the pitch. He thought, now nah, this is probably fine. This does not, in fact, endanger the safety of the players. Oh, no, I'm being eaten. Oh, no. Um, yeah. Yes. Um that's that's an image that'll sustain us. Uh, yes, uh, all our love to Tone. Uh, yeah. All our love, all our love to you guys listening at home as well. Um, have a great week. Uh, we we did the go on go on Stoke thing. It's it's reversed in fortune. <laughs> it's almost like whatever we say at the end of the podcast has no bearing on the result. So I'm just going to say, um, Gullis is a wanker. Bye. Yeah. <sighs>